Well, this is the Sydney Silver Show. This is a show designed to piss y'all off until I make y'all love each other. That's right, world. Time to duke it out and then have lots of great makeup sex and loads of kisses. This is my co-hostess, Tiffany Tony, And whatever I say that pisses her off and she disagrees with, she's going to sit here and punch me out. I'm just kidding. She's just, just going to fight with me. You want to say hello, <laughs> Tiffany? Hey, guys. I'm Tiffany Tony, the co-hostess with the mostest. And I might be brown sugar, but I ain't always sweet. Now, today on the show, we have a mysterious guest. She's the mysterious woman known only as the food alchemist. She is busy right now saging our room and purifying it. And it smells good sage? to me. Yeah, I think that's Aww. sage. I kind of like it. She's burning it. I thought it was really good, but it, it's good. She <laughs> um, uses natural foods as healing, and I believe she even does spells and potions. Is that accurate, food alchemist? <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't say spells. I would say cleansings and healing and spiritual work. I like the spells. <laughs> I do too. I'm like, can you make my boss be in love with me? I need a raise. <laughs> yeah, we, we need a million dollars. Let's do that spell today. Yeah. So yeah. what is this uh, sage you're using? What does it do? This is Palo Santo. Palo Santo removes negativity mm. and basically brings in positivity. And it also has a way of also bringing in prosperity. Since that's what we're all here for, I thought, mm. any place I go, if I'm going to be prosperous, I want to pass that blessing on to someone else. Now, does it that's work awesome. the same way if you burn money? <laughs> no, but maybe, you know what? I thought that would be a good spell, you know? It, you know what? You never know. You, never you know, know what? You you know what? There is a spell with money. Is there? You tear it up, tear up dollar bills, and put it in bath water. But you got to have the money to do that. To take Only $1 bills or does it matter? No. It, if you, the more money uh -huh. you can afford to do that, the more money <laughs> I'm going to take $1 bill and I'm going to do no, that. No, 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 no. Okay. You need several. Oh, uh, several? Several. I don't know. That could, that could be good at the 99 cent store. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get back to you, Food Alchemist. But feel free to chime in with us. If you need to undress or something, we just ask you to go down to your underwear. Okay. <laughs> All right. No full nudity, but yeah. Don't get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel the need to rip off your clothes, go for it. Um, it's not okay. even nine o'clock yet. So Gosh. I know. <laughs> Tiffany here hasn't even had her drink yet. <laughs> so okay. right now, um, I just want to go. We're about to go to the good news. Okay. This is a segment we do awesome. where we discuss our good news. I like to try to reverse things and make good things out of things that don't seem good. Okay. But you can do whatever you want. You can either do that or you can just do good, good news. Um, right now, before we do the good news, because my good news is involved with this, I have to go to the results of the silver experiment. Last show, we had silver on the show, ionized silver, and I put it on bread to see if it would kill viruses. Because I, if you remember, if you watched the last show, I had flashed this, you know, silver kills all viruses thing. <laughs> and then we did a scientific experiment. So can we go ahead and play the silver results? Video. Here are the results of the silver experiment. This is the bag I put the water into with the bread. As you can see, it's almost gone. It's been molding for about, I don't know, five days. And it's toast. So the silver one is supposed to kill the viruses, has held up better physically, but look at it. It's disgusting. It's awful. And I even put some more silver. I opened the bag and I put some more silver on that horrible thing right there. And it turned less black. The whole part was black in here. But it actually grew larger. So 
even though physically it's standing up, you know, taller than the one with the water. Definitely silver right now is an epic fail. So I did say that my silver was five years old. I will get some different silver, some brand new silver, some ionized nano-sized silver and give it one more try. And other than that, so far, sorry, silver, eh, fail. All right, so as you can see, I was really sad when that happened because I was really hoping that silver was the cure for all viruses, and I still haven't given up on it. I just refuse to give up on it. I'm going to get the new silver, and also, I just want to make the notation, that experiment wasn't inside a living organism. It was on bread. Well, I ate the so. silver, and I'm a little bit concerned <laughs> <laughs> because you just said it was five years old. <laughs> and now, I'm I hoping the inside of my body isn't looking like that bread. Now, I, I, I warned you. I warned you. I told you that. You might have. I told you I was that, just yeah. curious to taste it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm about to get sued here, everyone. So, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I just want to say that the silver, it's not inside a living organism. So, it might be a little bit different if it's inside a body. So, I'm not going to give up on it yet. I'm going to do the experiment with the new silver. Then I want to find some sick people. So, if you're sick, you got to go to our show, sydneysilvershow.com. Go on the forum. Tell me. You have a cold or something, we're going to pump you full of this silver. Okay? <laughs> so, all right. So now to the good news. We don't have our intro today. That's okay. We're having some technical difficulties. So if you want to go first, um, anyone, or do you want me to go first? We'll let Jeff? you go first. All right. You have a halo on. It's beautiful. Oh, yes. I have a halo You're on. You're the angel. You should and go first. Jealous. And yes, everybody, <laughs> look at my uh, my halo. I, I'm the... Uh, I am the lonely, sparkly angel today, and I just have happen to have a halo on. And, ding, and I just have a lot of hair that looks like a halo. Yeah, yeah her horns are underneath the hair. Yeah. <laughs> her horns are underneath. Yeah, I was so excited because when I was walking around outside with my halo on, nobody noticed the halo. And I was like, this is so awesome. I'm just walking around with a halo. And then Food Alchemist, out of the blue, goes, Hey, wait a minute. She's wearing a halo. It was awesome. So we took pictures with it. Yeah, I love my halo. Sorry, you have to deal with me being a kook because that's just how Sydney Silver is. I'm a freaking kook. Okay, so if you see me out in public and I'm like wearing a halo or something, just be like, yeah, that's Sydney Silver. Take pictures. Okay, so the silver experiment is my good news. Oh, this was so hard for me. I really couldn't make this into good news, but I was like, I've got to do it. I'm the silver lining. That's my whole name and everything, right? Okay, the good news about the silver experiment not working and that it doesn't kill viruses. Number one, I now get to find another cure. That sounds weird, Absolutely. right? But what would our lives be like if we didn't have things to do? We would be bored as heck, right? <laughs> so now I got a mission. I got a mission and I have something to do in my life and I have a goal and a purpose and that really makes our lives good. So, hey, that's my good news. And also, I was thinking about it, there might be more good news in it that comes out later that we don't know about. Like, for instance, uh, maybe the cure for viruses is even cheaper than silver. Something like that. All right? So I'm not going to let it get me down. It's good news. All right. And you only wasted two pieces of bread. Only, <laughs> only two. Only, only two pieces of bread. We are never making sandwiches with that bread. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I think the maggots are. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, they're busy in the trash right now. Okay, Tiff, do you have any uh, good news for us? Or? My good news is I started using coconut oil on my skin and my hair, and it's amazing. I love it. Ooh, I started uh -huh. using vitamin C. Did you? Yeah, and it was really amazing difference. I was shocked. Liquid vitamin C, and it's just started making my skin glow, and I was mm -hmm. really excited. So what is the coconut oil? 
Um, I just buy the regular coconut oil like you would use to cook with. Uh-huh. And I just put it on my face at night. And, and I mean, it even works as a makeup remover. It doesn't uh-huh. make you break out. Do I look broken out? No, but you could just have good skin, girlfriend. <laughs> well, so, maybe saying that, like, have some I had a lot of zits when I was in high school. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess try it out and see on a day. Be- don't do it before we shoot the show. I don't want to be responsible. <laughs> you know what? Next time, if I come into the show and I'm covered in pimples, it is her freaking fault. You just okay. go mock her. <laughs> All right. Food Alchemist, do you have any good news for us to share? The news is I'm in L.A. Yeah. And I met two lovely ladies. Yeah. Uh, just sweet. Just been just so interesting and live. And it's just been a wonderful experience. So awesome. that's Thank my you. good news. So it's like and you came all the way from Hawaii. Hawaii. Mahalo. That's awesome. Um, Thank yes. you for doing that. Yes. That was so great of you. Really appreciate that. Yes. All right. We do. <laughs> So we are going to go now to our topic of the day. We also usually have an intro for that. That's okay. We are a ghetto show here. <laughs> Anything pretty much goes. As long as it's not like you're talking about killing the... You know. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that kind of stuff here. But a lot of other stuff you can do here. So, um, okay. Now, I have something for Tiffany to read. Pass it on Our down. topic of the day is... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'll let her read it first before I announce it. So go ahead and read the parts that are not crossed. All right. <laughs> Nipples remind us that gender is anything but clear cut, especially in utero. Did I pronounce that correctly? I think it's utero. Utero. I'm not sure. Okay. Especially you can in say however you want. <laughs> Whatever your sex, everyone starts off as a woman in the womb. Sorry, I was excited about that. Uh, for the first several <laughs> weeks, uh, developing embryo follows a female blueprint. From reproductive organs to nipples. Only after about 60 days does the hormone testosterone kick in. For those of us with a Y chromosome. Changing the genetic activity of the cells in the genitals and the brain. Yeah. Do you remember when you were like in middle school and they were like, there's the X, the X. And then the one leg degrades and becomes a Y. I just feel like I'm in algebra all over again. I don't know. (laughs) Here's my topic of the day. Here's my topic of the day. Because I was thinking, I've got a little, you know, a chart. Of the male anatomy. He's right? waving. He's waving. He's happy. Now, as a woman, right, these become the breasts, but it, it, it stays flat on the guy, but he keeps his nipples, right? The, the testes are actually ovaries. So the ovaries drop down. They become the testes, right? Which is why it hurts when we have cramps, gentlemen, because it's like, imagine your balls are caught in a vice for two days. Okay. That's how it feels. So just be nice to us. So, okay, these are the ovaries, right? <laughs> and then this, I think, is like the kind of like the clit area. My topic <laughs> of the day, my question is, where is the G-spot? Where's the male G-spot? That is a good question. Mm. Right, okay, I have a, a demonstrator here. Okay, so you know. You're going to show it? And I was trying to think like, okay, I think, okay, you, you got <laughs> the balls here. It's not like this has been used. I promise <laughs> She's drinking. She's, she's, she's drinking. She's, drinking. she's like, I cannot deal with this right now, Sydney. <laughs> I didn't expect uh, this. It's not like this uh, worn out thing has been used. Okay, so this uh, is like a sensitive part on guys, right? And you can, I feel like that part is the clit. <laughs> you got to imagine this thing kind of goes in mm-hmm. like the opposite direction. Or is that the G spot? Is that the G spot? Because it's a very sensitive part on the guys. I've noticed, you know. You know, you're rubbing a guy's dick or something, and he's going crazy for this spot. 
um, is if we inverted that, is that the G spot? What do you think, Food Alchemist? <laughs> Like, no, no, I you think, think so? it's another part, but but then like, if you penises look, are not food, like, if you <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> she's like I came here and these stupid chicks talking about penises. Okay, no. um, speaking of that, I I forgot something else I wanted to mention on the show. Um, but anyway, so if you invert this, where is the clit? It just makes no sense to me. <laughs> it grew out. And then it here's my out. other question: <laughs> Is they say that a woman has three times more nerves in her clit? than a man has in his penis. Have you heard that fact? That's what they're saying anyway. Okay. So why, if it's a guy, a woman turning into a guy, why does he have, why is it kind of numb? Like, why does he have less nerves than us? Hmm. You see, these are all very important questions that we need yes. answered on the Sydney Silver Maybe show. it's because God, the universe, whatever you believe in or we believe in, felt sorry for us that we have to go through the pain of periods <laughs> and giving birth. Some good- you have a living organism inside of her body for nine whole months. And he was like, you know what? Something I'm going to go stop <laughs> to reward you for that. I want to come out and cry. I want to come out and cry now. It's, it's I need milk. Really right? alien to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on agreement on that one. Creeps me out. <laughs> so, just creeps me out. Uh, where, where is the G spot? Do you know the answer? Well, I would say the prostate. Interesting. So where's the prostate? Is that that's inside here? the butt? Is that under here? That's in the this anus. This is the uh, G spot oh, reacher. So when you you got to do a finger insertion, and it's called milking the prostate. Oh, I've actually like done you're that. Stroking. I see. It and, gets all swollen, and they're like it goes up. <laughs> it's like gets hard, and it's up. So that's why they have to have a prostate exam. So oh, somehow the female genitalia turn <laughs> went in the anus and wow yeah i gotta talk to a scientist on this <laughs> this is odd penises are All right. not food okay okay enough shock factor <laughs> all right let's get over here to food alchemist so food alchemist can you explain to us a little bit about what you do and why is your name food alchemist my name is the Food Alchemist. It's because I deal with so many elements like, you know, your fire, your water, mm-hmm. your air, your metal, your wood. And I take them all into the energies. Like I mm-hmm. do Reiki. I'm a doula. I am a, a certified chef. Went to Culinary Institute of America. I used to be nice. a licensed nurse, LPN, licensed practical nurse. So I put them all together and I study herbs. I work with crystals. And Wait, well, so you were a nurse first. So what, mm-hmm. do you not believe in pharmaceuticals anymore? Or? Heck no. I'm sorry. I can't Why? do that. Because I had uh, experience with my daughter. Doctor gave her the wrong medication at the age of two that shut down her kidney. Oh, my, oh God. my gosh. So I'm sorry. That's okay. They didn't think she would live. My daughter's 22. Good. Yay. And That's her, she's yeah. the total opposite of what people suspect right. her to be. Um, she's vivacious. She goes to college. Mm-hmm. She leaves to go to New Zealand and she studies psychology. She's um, actually, she's my business manager. Wow. So she does go to school for business management. And yeah, you have goes, a show, right? You want to mention that and where to find it? I have a show called Food Alchemy Network on Blog Talk uh, Radio. On the internet, and I also have a Fluid Alchemy Network on Ustream. Okay. And you can find me on Facebook, or you go under Chef Ceci, the Food Alchemist, and you will find me. You'll see all kinds of weird stuff. And I, she's also going to be listed on sydneysilvershow.com. If you forget all that stuff, go to the show site and mm-hmm. click on her picture. Now, okay. when you mentioned um, Riki and Medulla, was 
Amadula. Can you explain a little bit about what those are? Those two things. Okay, Reiki is someone that deals with energy. You all have Mm -hmm. chi, or as I say, energy. We're Mm -hmm. all energetic beings. It's tapping into that energy, or and I also do prana, Mm -hmm. which is the same thing as chronic healing. Mm -hmm. It's tapping into your own inner energy and making it work like shocking it into working so you have different tools either your hands Mm -hmm. and prana we use either salt water and we use uh, a bucket that Mm -hmm. you get healed and we're cleaning you off like Mm -hmm. removing knots and chains and where energy gets stuck sometimes now you had mentioned previously when we were discussing in the car i like to pick up my guests because you better be on my show (laughs) (laughs) i ain't gonna let you escape on the metro or something um so you had mentioned that food can actually change your dna yes i found that fascinating because dna actually believe it or not this is true Scientists are finding out that DNA changes in an environment. An environment can change DNA. Correct. And like, for instance, I think plants, they didn't flower before, right? And uh-huh. then the environment changed, suddenly they had flowers. Right. So DNA can change due to our environment. That's our food, right? Right. That's and our the, body. the nourishment. So right. can you comment, like, how are we supposed to change it to a better, you well, know? How you do it, how I, I work. Can you repair it, make us younger? Yes, you can. You can actually give your body vitality. That's what it's called. So How do you do that? Use different herbs. You use different treatments. Can you give us a secret, like a tip? What's your favorite de-aging recipe or herb or something? My favorite thing is frankincense and myrrh. It's been around, as everybody knows, before the Bible. It's an oil? You can get it in oil. You can get it in residence. You can get it in powder. It's used to actually change the DNA and spike an art. You is can another consume one. it? Or, you can. Or do you put it on your skin? You can do both. Better? I use it on my skin. Mm-hmm. I ingest it. In my case, this is me. Mm-hmm. Anything that I can't digest, I don't put on my skin because my body and my skin is the biggest organ right. uh, that you have. So to me, if I can't put it on in my mouth, right. guess what? It don't it go. That's a good point. So, it does soak in your skin. I know they say it doesn't, but I was rubbing body oil on me myself and mm-hmm. I thought wait this soaked right in my skin how right. come they say it doesn't go in your skin it does because they're Went not right in they're not knowledgeable enough it's a lot of scientists and things they don't know about the body that they're learning they're just like Duh. they're experimenting on us aren't they right so, do you take a client and like let's just say a client comes in and says I want to be de-aged I want to get rid of my cancer and I want to you know, run faster. Can you help them with all that stuff? Yes, or? that's what that's my job. That's okay. my job. We sit down, we do a consultation. Oh, wow, that's awesome. So okay. we sit down and work out step by step where you are. First, mm-hmm. you're going to be tested to know where you start from to have a basis of where we're going to go and the goal. And have you been healing people? Oh, yes. I've been doing this for quite some time. Um, I've been actually helping women get pregnant since I've been nine. Oh, oh wow. So women that... They're sterile. That people are told they can't have children. I was nine years old, didn't know what I was doing, and it happened to be I was pregnant at the <gasps> time. And the lady came to me and said, oh, You know what? I'm having problems and I'm doing this. And I sat down. This is just by cue. I had been reading a book by Jethro Kloss. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called a book, Back to the Eden, Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And he talks about holistic living. Down. So, I said, okay, I've been reading this book since I've been nine years old. I've been weird. I've been studying <laughs> Tibetan. Most people and- are weird since they've been young, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, considering I come from a two-household background and 
you know, Baptist background and Christian background. I'm talking about chanting. I'm talking about being vegetarian. I'm talking about yeah. making ghee. Yeah, Excuse and you're an ordained minister. She's an ordained minister of multiple millions of religions <laughs> all over the planet. And it's, that's so Sydney Silver. I love it. That's awesome. It's universal. Yeah. But you are a witch. Yes. You I'm, are a witch because you know what? That is what the witches did. The original witches, yes. which were persecuted by the supposed Christians of that time and others were burned at the stake because they were midwives right. and healers and they were helping women and they were women with healing capacities right. and got taken over by what we call conventional medicine today, right? Right, because the doctors... So you are a witch and I don't think you should be ashamed of that. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I think it's awesome. You I go, girl. I, I just have one later. question. Yes, I have dear. a friend who suffers with anxiety and her doctors are prescribing her a lot of um, oh, different sense. pills and medicines mm-hmm. that are making, they're changing who she is as a person. Right. And I'm wondering what type of herbs or, you know, healing suggestions that you would have for someone going through something like that. Everybody is different. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is like, I do tests like I did a, a spiritual healing slash reading for someone. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I use different tools. Okay. I tell people I have my medicine bag. Okay. So I might have... Um, I have my crystals, uh-huh. which I have, and I'll, you know, show them in it. I'll have my stones. Mm-hmm. I'll have, um, I have pyramids. So uh-huh. I do geometric shapes of healing. Right. I do food healing. I do oil healing and cards. Mm-hmm. So I tell, the body tells me exactly what needs to be healed. And I might even use my pendulum. So the pendulum is swings in a certain way Mm -hmm. and then it tells me this is what we need to work on this is what we don't this is open this is not open okay this is and i write it down it's just like when you go to a doctor food alchemist i just i don't want to run out of time here because she actually brought us food to taste and you did raw vegan cooking for us yeah we only have about five minutes left oh wow so let's shovel this in our mouths and gorge because i'm on a diet and i've been losing weight (laughs) i've lost five pounds on saturday Wow. Thank I haven't you. eaten in a week Thank and you. I'm full. Yeah, I have been losing weight LA. and I just can't wait to gorge because she brought us, um, I don't even know how she made I this raw so vegan. It's like a, Which one a is chocolate. One is two a kinds chocolate, chocolate coffee. It looks like Can I try it? Which one is this? The chocolate coffee? If you got little beads, that is a what I call a Kona. That's Kona coffee. Oh, I love oh my gosh. It's from so coffee. Uh, Straight Kona coffee. So good. You're gonna I can make me. out with you right now. <laughs> That's how good it is. Well, and I have a raw apple pie that I wanted to make yeah, you guys Yeah, go ahead and mix too, it up so. fresh. Um, you know, if we run out of time, well, our next guest is coming. She can kind of mix it up while we're talking to her, too. <laughs> okay. Go to part two of the show. And I liked it. To see us. Okay, what did you eat first? I have the to coffee, recommend the Kona coffee. The coffee candy. I ate coffee beans and I liked it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're not just any coffee beans. Oh, now, what's this one? It's like a shot of caffeine. Okay, that is what I call my Fiber Express bar. Okay. And chase it. Fiber Express. Fiber Express. And it's, you're going to get a zing. <laughs> now, well, I'm still clearing coffee from my mouth. Oh my and this is no sugar. Everything you have has no sugar in really? it. Really? No sugar. The coffee thing had no sugar? No sugar. Did it have orange? I felt tasted yes, orange. Yes, orange. Delicious. No, it's everything that I will make so you good. has no sugar. Now, what's this one? Okay, mm. can't see. She's That's in front hot. of the camera. Sorry, it's like a little hat. Looks oh, like that is just your regular, regular, just chocolate, Kona raw chocolate with orange. Oh, my gosh. This has no sugar. <laughs> no sugar. This has no sugar. <laughs> yes. I'm in love with you. Now I can make out with you. <laughs> and she's not even a lesbian. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Saturdays. <laughs> All right, so what is this one here right now, this truffle thing? Mm. 
that truffle thing is just a, I call a coconut ball. Coconut, coconut ball? Coconut ball. Yeah, we're going to taste that one. I'm so excited about this. Thank you. Mm. You can mm. come back every week. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm this telling you, food is, is better to me than sex. I oh swear. I didn't admit that, but it's this you is your apple tart. Okay. Tart. Apple. That's what you have your apple pie tart. So here you go. Tiff and uh, I get an apple pie next. So she's actually. So wait a minute. I'm confused. All of this stuff is raw and vegan and, and no sugar. sugar? Yes, ma'am. Yes, oh ma'am. Oh my God. I'm a complete shock. You I'm guys, like not even kidding. I've never I had it here to taste this. That's raw and that has. Like, how do you make it sweet? I don't understand. Is it fruit sugar, fructose? I know. No. Oh, no? no. That's gross. Okay. No. And the apples yeah, basically. The apple pie. Yeah. actually has what I call alchemy treats in it. And so this I, is the healing stuff, too. Right. So I can eat this and get healthy, and, too? Yeah. This is dessert, homemade from Kava Kava. There's Kava Kava in that. Now, what, what is Kava Kava? Kava Kava is a natural anesthetic and also removes pain from the body. Mm. So I come up with different things. Mm. I make an apple mm. pie. It, mm-hmm. I just love about healing. So mm. I thought, why the heck not? Holy smokes, Batman. <laughs> I am not joking you. If you were in our studio right now, you would be having an orgasm on the floor too. <laughs> too. So, <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> what I don't understand is that this food mm-hmm. tastes so good. Right. It's raw vegan. Yes. It's not supposed to taste you good. You should open a restaurant or something or a food <gasps> truck. Well, well, that's what people say, right? They say it doesn't taste good. Right. That food tastes good. Well, that's why. Sure. I, but guess what? My book was called "It's Vegan and It Tastes Good." That was my first. That's book. your book. How do we find your book? You can go to Amazon.com or you can go to ChefSessyFoodAlchemist.com. And what's mm. your website? It is ChefSessyFoodAlchemist.com. Okay, so you basically you can take a client, help them with their health problems, get them on a new diet that actually tastes good, yep. and gives them candy and everything like this. Yep. And candy. <laughs> it is candy. It's it so is. Good. It's yeah. candy. It tastes like candy. She gave us apple pies, truffles, uh, coconut bars. That, are, that actually add nutritional value. Right. See, like the... Wait, so I can actually eat yummy right. and, and healthy. Correct. See, and the thing is, this is what I want to do, but I want to take you guys to another place. Like, I'll be in going to Montego Bay okay. to take to actually show you just what I did, how to actually do this in Montego Bay in May in 2015. Then September, we'll, awesome. we'll be going to do some <laughs> healing and actually doing... Um, with the Bushmen and traditional, as well as going to Belize in 2015. And they can find that all on the website okay. that you can amazing. actually make payments. So if you really, really want to do this, mm-hmm. this would be amazing. The, the goal is to take this worldwide, to go and take America to other countries mm-hmm. and do these retreats. And wow. their retreats are for nine it. to 10 I days. I love this woman. I'm so glad you've been on the show. Now you can Me stay too. on with us on the next show. Okay? okay. Your friend is coming on next. We just have... We are wrapping it up in a time. I'm sorry. Half an hour goes really fast with us, doesn't it? Because we're talking does. about, you know, dildos. And that was so much fun, though. Truffles and candy and that mine. heals you and cures your cancer and stuff. That's awesome. the Sydney Silver Show for you. So, everybody, say bye-bye. Bye. Nice talking to you. Sydney Silver Show. Thank SydneySilverShow.com. Bye-bye. Love Talk Radio. Welcome. 
Food Alchemy at its greatest show with Chef Ceci, the Food Alchemist. We're taking a journey during this show to help you repair your DNA coding, help you renew to a new you. We will educate you and help you discover crystals, herbs, minerals, and many energies, sacred sex, food with high frequencies, and alkaline, and we will get to know your body. We want to help you on the inside and outside. We will have many guests. We want you to sit back, relax, and open your mind and your heart and to receive this information into the new you that is rejuvenated. With Food Alchemy at its greatest, with Chef Ceci Food Alchemist. Sit back, beloveds. It's a ride. Uh, what I can do is uh, try to, I don't know what's going on. I know I just got dropped from Skype, and I am on, and I'm actually in the rooms. Get you in, too. Okay, I can do that. Okay. Bye-bye. My computer is Good evening, this is Lady A on the pirate radio station called Sex After Dark. I've just received the latest eclectic promo. This is called 911 featuring Mary J. Blige. Do I make you horny? Yo, what up, this white class with Mary J. Welcome to Food Alchemy at its greatest with Chef Ceci and her lovely guests. That you... Good evening, this is Lady A on the pirate radio station called Sex After Dark. I've just received the latest eclectic promo. This is called 911 featuring Mary J. Blige. Do I make you horny? Yo, what up, this white class with Mary J. Just press one. Just use to her. 
one with all. I am in a safe and loving universe now. I love and I am loved. I am innocent. I am healed. I know my eternal truth now. I am my eternal truth now. I am one with God now. I express as God now. And so it is.
Hello, everybody. Thank you. We've been having some technical difficulties, me getting in. And I have with me Dr. Herb Perrier from my church logo center in Scottsdale, Arizona. And no one has sound. Okay. Hi, Cecily. Good to be with you. I'm going to see if they can hear me. Can you all hear me now? I can hear There's someone. That's me talking, just not live. I'm actually on the phone, which I might even try to see if I can call myself <laughs> and see if I can make this happen because uh, this is crazy, uh, me talking. Let's see. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to do one more thing. I'm going to play music for a little bit, and then we're going to come back and welcome Dr. Herb Perrier on, and then I can be with my earphones instead of talking through you uh, through the phone, but through another phone system. So let's do this. Can you hear me now, Cecily? I can hear you. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Okay, I'll stand by. Okay. Are y'all ready? 
I know y'all been waiting a long time. So, thank you, and thank you for being so patient. So, Dr. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How are you? Good, good, good. I'm going to take that off. Okay. So much better. Is that better? Is there an echo? They said there's a bad echo. That's because I had to do three different phones <laughs> just to get in. So I guess something is really trying to prevent the message that's trying to get across to come into the room, and that's okay. All righty. So I wanted to talk about the connection uh, or really knowing your six senses because not everyone knows about the six sense. Yes. So we would like to expand on that because you're a wide wealth of information. People don't know that, you know, you were on the board of ARE at Virginia Beach uh, with Edgar Casey Center. Well, down yes, I was, um, I was on the staff at ARE in Virginia Beach for 14 years, but I had been lecturing for them for uh, 10 years before that. So um, I have... Um, that direct experience, and since then, um, there's hardly a day I don't look at the Edgar Casey readings because um, they're available on a DVD, and you can enter a word or two like um, health and and um, raisins and uh, see what Casey said about uh, contribution of raisins to health. So uh, I'm an ongoing student of the case material, both on diet and health and foods and also on these amazing intuitive and psychic abilities that we have. And, mm-hmm. you know, Casey says we are souls, and souls, all souls, are psychic. So it's uh, not so much a matter of developing psychic ability as it is uh, a letting the ability within us be given expression. And we start by doing that by following our intuition and checking out hints and um, intuitions and especially dreams. I worked a lot with dreams. And that's a way that everyone is psychic every night. Wow, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. There's psychic within everyone. And I also definitely like about uh, learning about you know, the Edgar Casey readings and the studies, which is really amazing because they all have something for something. And I know that you talked about or taught us about um, eating uh, almond, eating like three almonds a day definitely, you know, is good for your health and preventing cancer. And that's Edgar Casey's teaching in one of the readings. Oh, that's amazing. You know, it's such a simple Thing. To eat a handful of almonds a day, they're delicious, and they have all sorts of minerals. But Casey said if you eat a few almonds a day, you would never have a tendency toward cancer or tumors. And I met uh, a number of years ago, I met a young physician from Washington, D.C., and he did a study uh, with white rats. You know, it's easy to do cancer studies with rats. And he fed some of them uh, almonds and others not. And sure enough, he demonstrated that eating the almonds worked against the development of cancer and tumors. Well, when they found out what the source of his hypothesis was from a psychic, he lost his job. <laughs> so the 
I really think that um, the, the cancer cure um, modalities that have surfaced, of which there are several, mm-hmm. are being suppressed because it's uh, it's such a um, lucrative uh, business for uh, hospitals and pharmaceutical companies and uh, even researchers. So the uh, there was another uh, cure for cancer that came out of Casey. And some people call it the Hoxie cure. In Dallas, there was a Hoxie clinic. And Hoxie said that, and he had great success with cancer healing. He said that he'd gotten this formula from watching horses eat. But there's no way any horse could ever eat all of those same ingredients on one farm that is in that (laughs) formula. And in truth, he got the formula from the Casey readings. Oh, wow. and, um, and it's now available in a product called Karma Cleanse, but it's um, it's another approach to uh, healing, and uh, it's powerful um, recipe. But you know, it's uh, once you make claims for something, you, nobody can make a claim for a cure, and um, and so once you make claims, well, the uh, officials come down on you and and um, try to destroy you. Um, there was another uh, procedure for healing uh, colon cancer that involved uh, development of something called animated ash. And I knew a man that developed this for, there was a well-to-do KC enthusiast whose wife developed colon cancer. And he paid for this process, which is a little bit expensive. And sure enough, she got healed. But the FDA came in for this guy who developed this equipment and uh, shut him down. So um, there's there's just um, uh, such a um, devious, uh, hidden, under, under uh, misunderstood agenda about uh, researchers that are actually making progress. And uh, this doesn't have anything to do with Casey, but there's a physician from Poland in um, Houston, and he's having amazing success with cancer cure, but every imaginable board has tried to get him convicted, uh, and what? he's not because no matter how much they press, he, what he's doing is within the law. But the oh. back to the point, just imagine what a simple idea it is. Eat a few almonds a day, which are delicious, and you have no inclination for developing cancer or tumor. Now, that might be 90 or 95%. What if it were only 10%? What if only 10% of the people that did that avoided cancer? That would be billions of dollars saved and, and uh, endless pain avoided. So the the only objection to it is the source that comes from a so-called psychic. Wow. And they don't like that. Of course, you know, they don't want to hear anything that may, actually makes sense. And might you know, because it's out the box. Anything that's outside the box and not cannot be explained with scientific facts, or they have not come up with in a lab. Uh, they have a tendency to frown upon and go against. They don't believe but nature can actually cure these things. Exactly, and it's it's worse than that. Um, even if you do in the box research, they reject it because of their own belief system instead of 
they're not looking at the facts. They're looking at their own belief system. And I think behind that, I, you know, I hate to say this, but I just think there are vested interests, deep pockets behind keeping um, cancer research going instead of cancer healing uh, developed. Um, you know, it's sad to think you live in a world that's that greedy or that um, interested in their own power or control or money, but uh, I'm afraid that's so. And But while we're talking about it, there are a hundred or a thousand uh, really wonderful ideas that come out of the Casey material, not only about diet and health, but about, as you said, intuition and psychic development and he encourages everyone to work more and more with their intuition. The main way to do that is to become a meditator. And meditation, it seems so woo-woo, really there are literally, literally thousands of objective research reports in scientific journals that show amazing beneficial effects from meditation. So not only does meditation increase your intuition and dream recall, but it lowers your blood pressure, it increases your creativity, it reduces stress. So uh, once again, there's now the meditation is um, is becoming more accepted and more incorporated into mainstream because of its undeniable benefits. Wow. That's... Most of the people pursuing it are not pursuing it specifically to develop intuition, but that's one of the byproducts that comes very quickly is the enhancement of your own intuition. Mm-hmm. I've participated in a objective research study showing that people who started meditating uh, enhanced their dream recall and enriched their dream experience. So again, it's objectively demonstrable. Okay. Wow. See, I like this. I love talking to you. <laughs> Because oh, you. you're just you're just like you're like encyclop volumes of encyclopedia of information that we don't you know we forget about in the different readings, and what people don't know is that you actually went to Russia uh, when they were doing the psychic study in Russia with the psychics. Um, that's what was told about in church. And what was the study that you guys were in Russia doing with the psychics there? And well, the um, in about 1970, a book came out entitled Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain. And uh, in that uh, time, um, the authors of it had um, gotten the name of a parapsychologist in Russia. And Julian Casey uh, got in touch with him and arranged a trip for us. About 20 of us went over and uh, spent a week uh, actually uh, couple of weeks in Russia. We spent a week in Moscow studying with the Russian psychics and the Russian parapsychologists. We saw Nelia Kalagana work. She's called a PK medium or psychokinesis. She, she can move. We saw her move objects without touching them. And there, there were others that could do that. And uh, they told us of an amazing array of studies they had done they hoped this book would increase uh, Russian funding for research, and we hoped it would increase American funding. Mm-hmm. But the, both both the Russians, and, you know, they're so uh, biologically oriented, not 
psychically so much. So they were pursuing research, but funded primarily, as is the case for some of our own research in this country, funded primarily for military purposes. Mm. So you remember um, about 15 years ago, there was a big talk about remote viewing and the way in which uh, the military had a research program going to see if um, psychics could tune in on uh, remote targets. And the Russians were interested in that too. So as long as there's a potential military uh, application, uh, you might get interest. But even there, uh, our program was defeated not because it wasn't getting results, it was, but because many of the evangelical Christians uh, just simply opposed this kind of uh, use of so-called defense money funds. But there were truly amazing things that came out of that, um, an array of demonstrations of the psychic ability that people have, um, the work with hypnosis, um, the work with... um, um, there was one psychic that um, you could put a big number on a chalkboard like those cube root of 375,000 and and he, he could and then they would spin it and then he would turn and look at it and give you the answer so it's kind of a thing that um, um, we call in this country a savant but the, um, many of our savants are sort of narrow. They can do only one thing. But there are some that are normal people who have these amazing abilities. And it's just really surprising that we don't look more into these amazing abilities of the human mind. And I think it's primarily um, uh, religion and religious dogma and uh, religious uh, conservatism, let's say, that keeps us from moving ahead on these remarkable abilities that all of us have if we would start working with them. So Casey said uh, all of us should be working more with our own intuition. Um, Three days ago, uh, it was 5.30, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe 6 o'clock, and I asked Ann, um, oh, did you check the mail today? Uh, She said no. And uh, I went out to check the mail, and the mail truck that late had just pulled up. He was just putting the stuff in the box. I came back, and I said, I'm going to call that a hit. That's an intuitive hit in which it occurred to me to check the mail just at the time that the mail had finally come. But we have instances like that. Everyone can tell you an instance like that, and they call it a coincidence. And instead of uh, honoring it and saying, I wonder if I can do get better at that, they just explain it away and tend to ignore impressions like that, and then they don't see how accurate they often would be. But we can push it underground. We can keep denying it, and it tends to go away. But if you celebrate it like I am, this one, I say, I'm, I'm going to call that a hit. If you celebrate it, then you increase the likelihood that you'll begin to be more and more sensitive to those awarenesses. Okay. Okay. 
now they uh you have the reincarnation with Jesus and why he uh taught it, which I love that book. Mine's is autograph, you guys. I got yes. it personally. I love that. <laughs> okay. I'm being a little devil, you guys, that's all. Um, could you explain how you came to, you know, write that book about the reincarnation well, of Jesus and why he taught it? Yes, um, you know, I grew up with two interests. Uh, they were science and religion, and specifically, I took all the science courses I could in high school and college. And but I also enjoyed going to church and Sunday school and reading the Bible. And I had a, a real sense that these these two sources of truth belong together. And um, and so. Um, I started reading the parapsychology books. The first one I read, I was a um, freshman in college. It was called The Reach of the Mind. And um, it was J.B. Ryan's research on telepathy and uh, clairvoyance and precognition. So I went to my uh, science professor, a biology professor, and he just made fun of it. And then I went to my Bible professors, and they were offended. And you know that made me that made me really wonder why why are they so 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 opposed to this scientific objective research that shows we have these abilities? So instead of discouraging me, it uh, led me on. So this interest in the Bible and parapsychology grew up together over the years, and um, and so um, as I look at the research on on uh, reincarnation. You know, mostly people, if I say something about reincarnation, they don't ask me what are the facts. They just say, oh, I don't believe in that. Mm. It's, not a, it's not a belief thing. It's it, it's either that's the way it works or it isn't. So it's, it's a matter of fact. And it's very researchable. There's amazing, you know, um, I, I want to set out to uh, buy all the books I could on reincarnation and once I got to about 300, I thought, I, I will never do that. That's too expensive. There, there are literally thousands of good books on reincarnation, and some of them are excellent scientific research. Anyway, so you have the facts of reincarnation. Then you go to Jesus, and you have him as the greatest teacher in the world. So I started saying, you know, the greatest teacher in the world had to know about this. And then once you are willing to think that thought, then you go to the Bible, and in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, that's the last book in the Old Testament, Malachi says, Behold, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great day of the coming of the Lord. Now, twice in Matthew in the New Testament, Jesus says, If you will receive it, he's talking about John the Baptist, If you will receive it, this is Elijah who was to come. And then later on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, he has he talks directly with Elijah and Moses, who are in the spirit plane, the direct communication with the spirit plane, which many Christians say is impossible. But there he is, Jesus talking with Moses and Elijah. And later, coming down the hill, his disciples ask him, and he said, I'm telling you that uh, Elijah has already come, and he was talking about John the Baptist. So the Bible, all the words that you need are just in those two or three verses that 
that Jesus confirmed that John the Baptist was the prophesied return of Elijah. And then there are other places, like uh, they come to Jesus and say, um, who do, who do uh, he says to them, who do men say that I am? And they replied, oh, some say you are Elijah, some say you're um, Isaiah, some say you're one of the prophets. So it's, he asks the question, and they give him a reincarnation answer. They give him an answer that uh, one of the old prophets returned. So they're... Um, there are many more um, passages in the New Testament that make it very clear that there's written, honestly, there's no real, complete, and full understanding of the work of Jesus without the reincarnation hypothesis. And so for the past 2,000 years, every 100 years, especially every 1,000 years, um, they expect his immediate return they don't understand that the work that he came to do is to take place over hundreds and thousands of years, not just instantaneously. So people are still looking for the millennium, and it, it won't come really until we prepare the way for him. Okay. I'm hoping they realize that. <laughs> but you're probably upsetting a lot of people because I... Um, I, I like that because it also ties into so many other religions, like Buddhism, Hinduism, and reincarnation. Because um, some spiritualists out there, um, I'm not going to name any names. I went to her, and I was talking to her. Um, this was my first medical physical church, and she tells me I don't believe in reincarnation. But yet she did readings and did seance and other things, and it just shocked me. I said, how could you not believe in something that is spiritual reincarnation? She said, it doesn't exist. And I was like, wow. And she said, if you believe that, you know, you're going to burn in, in it, you know, with the H-E double hockey stick thingies. <laughs> well, they see the, um, the spiritualists, and some of them are really good psychics. The spiritualists start with a premise. They have a belief system that involves talking with people in the spirit plane. Now, what they assume then is um, like if someone has a beloved son and the son dies and they talk with them in the spirit plane, maybe the first year, maybe 20 years later, they don't understand that that soul may also have come back and be in another body but still be able to communicate with them. Now, the example of this is, and and it's it's biblical there, um, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration, he talks with Elijah. He doesn't talk with John the Baptist. He talks with Elijah, and yet he says, this was John the Baptist. So the point I want to make is that with a previous personality, like Elijah in the Old Testament, you can still talk with that one even if they've transitioned and come back and incarnated in another body and even checked out of that one. So the the spiritualists feel that if we can, can, can continue to contact those from the past, then they have to remain in a spirit plane. But it, it all is belief system. And if you, will, if you will talk with those spiritualists, like the one you did, who says it, it's not there, 
it's it's a belief system and and I come back and say, "Look, here is the way they do research, and this is a way you can demonstrate it's a fact. Here is a child that's five years old, and he says, "I remember being with another name and another family in another city, and if you'll take me there." I can prove that. And you take him there, and he recognizes people, and there was such a child, and so on. So there are a dozen ways you can do objective research. But the spiritualists who deny it, do deny it on the belief system, is, and even though they are the psychics, it's their belief system, not the willingness to look at the research and look at the facts. Wow. Okay. Okay, that explains a lot. Because, you know... We had that we had an argument, but my friend had the same argument with another one, so that explains. So I'm hoping that she will listen. I know that she is. She's on the line. <laughs> um, she will listen and actually, you know, understand that. It'll help her out a lot as well. So I said I was definitely gonna, you know, ask that well, question. Here's an example, Cecily. Um, you've been on these buildings in which there are several elevators, and one of them will go just to one floor. Mm-hmm. So let's say there's a medium that's really a good medium, but their elevator takes them to the third floor, and then they explore the different rooms here, and and they meet souls that have deceased, and they can bring back messages, and it's so factual that they convince, well, this is so accurate, it must be all there is. But there are other floors in this building, and their elevator just doesn't take them there. So the intent is where your consciousness goes, and... Um, and Casey was more of an explorer of the vast, he called it the um, universal consciousness. And the spiritualists tend to have a spiritual guide. Many t- times the spiritualists, especially in England or Britain, they're very strong spiritualists. And they said, Casey should get himself a good guide. Well, Casey said that limits um, that limits the range of consciousness you can tap so the spiritualists, as I said, they can be good psychics, but they go to the third floor, and because that's the only place their elevator takes them. And there are other floors and other rooms and uh, other dimensions and a great deal of objective information uh, demonstrating the factuality of reincarnation. Okay. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. I like that. I really like that explanation. Saying you guys just don't know, he does uh, classes on Sunday in the morning and does uh, go read the book of Edgar Casey and other teachings around Edgar Casey and answer questions about the different readings for different times. Also, um, on Tuesday night, if you're there in Scottsdale, he does classes uh, reading what Edgar Casey is different different books that come up and show you how to apply them to your life. And then on Sundays, you know, um, well, you don't know, they have sermon service, and they also offer healing, like pranic healing, Reiki. It's a healing room, and they have a beautiful crystal room that has a pyramid and crystals, and then they have magnetic. They have a real healing center at Logo Center in Scottsdale. So you guys really, you know, I was really honored uh, to be there and to take some of my friends there that actually liked it, and a couple of friends um, actually joined the church, I believe, uh-huh. and or might still be there. Um, which well, we, really we were honored to have you too, Cecily. 
Um, we're on 64th Street, about halfway between Cactus and Thunderbird. And like you said, um, I've written a book called Why Jesus Taught Reincarnation. And uh, on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, um, my wife, Anne, who is a psychic, amazing a psychic, uh, speaks usually one Sunday and I'll speak another Sunday. And then, like you said, we have an 8.30 class on Sunday morning and a 7 o'clock class on Tuesday evening. Anyone that would like to visit us would surely be welcome and we would delight, be delighted to talk with you. But the Logo Center really is based very much on the Bible and on the amazing psychic readings of Edgar Casey. And the reason I'm so interested in him is not just uh, some kind of hobby, but this information has, has the broadest coverage of the array of human experience and has been documented when I was there in director of research, uh, the board asked us to come up with some documentation about the accuracy of the readings. A few days later, my uh, research uh, associate came and said, we don't know where to start. There's thousands and thousands of these stories. We could give you uh, an array. You know, there are letters of testimony. There are scientific articles. There are reports from newspapers. Um, the story is just fabulously documented. For example, he said coffee taken properly is a food. Well, for decades, uh, researchers tried to prove coffee was harmful, and now they're saying, oh, Coffee has its benefits. Uh, Casey <laughs> said back in the 30s, he said, one day the world will discover the lowly blueberry. And now, suddenly, in the past 10 years, oh, blueberries are fabulous food, you know. <laughs> so the, um, he, he said, um, take a glass of red wine and a piece of black bread, and it will be body, blood, brain, and nerve building. Well, people thought alcohol was terrible until the past few years, and they say, oh, yes, a, a little glass of red wine is, is beneficial for you. And even so, they don't know why, but he explained why. And so the the Edgar Casey story is, is just having its beginning. The bigger the paradigm shifts, the longer people are to accept it. So it may be another uh, decade or 20 years before... People say, wait a minute, this guy got so many things right, we better look at the rest of it. But mm-hmm. part of it is about the Jesus story, and the, and it, the case material makes him a much more important world figure than Christianity does. Christianity is, I call it a tribal religion, and uh, Casey says Jesus is for the whole world. And so people have a hard time understanding this. But I cover some of that reasoning in the book, Why Jesus Taught Reincarnation. Mm-hmm. See, that, that's what everybody, you know, I feel everybody should get the book. It's good. And then you had The Prime Time. That's my ultimate favorite book, the first book, because um, it's a thick, thick, thick paperback. And I can yes. go back and I can mark that book over and over again and learn something new all the time, which I really like. And I like that you talked about the consciousness and going outside. And you were so deep that it helped me with um, my metaphysical studies at University of Sedona. 
um, working towards my doctorate, really understand that because the way they were talking was complex. But when you talk about it in your book, you make it very simple for me to be able to understand. And you well, know, you know how it, um, go ahead. I appreciate that. I'm so glad that you had a good experience with that. You know, I wrote the, this book, The Edgar Casey Primer. I wrote it 30 years ago, but just a week ago, I received another royalty check. It's still selling, and it's about as many sales on electronic uh, downloads as there are in, in actual paperback. But uh, the reports that I get on it are so favorable because they keep telling me you take these difficult concepts and make them understandable. And um, so I appreciate your experience with it, but this is um, this has been a book that uh, has been helpful to a lot of people according to their letters. And it's still it's still selling. So look for the Edgar Casey Primer. The the introductory book, sort of biography of Casey, is called There is a River. And if you read There's a River and then at the end the philosophy chapter and like it, then my book, The Education Primer, is the next book to read because that covers the major premises. There's a chapter on meditation, a chapter on dreams, a chapter on diet and health, a chapter on uh, psychic development, a chapter on karma and reincarnation. So we've addressed those major concepts in the Casey readings and tried to present them in a uh, coherent and understandable way, and uh, it has been helpful to a lot of people. Okay. See, I know it's helpful to even the young ones. So, so I really like that the fact that you wrote it 30 years ago and it still applies today. Like Edgar Casey wrote his information in the 1930s, and it applies today. Um, you know, give people even more. Uh, to give you an example of how coffee is food. Coffee is not really drank with milk. He doesn't want you to put milk in your coffee. Oh, that's a good point. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, uh, even the reports that are finding it beneficial have not said don't use milk. But he was very strong on that. So mm-hmm. once they do this research, coffee with milk and coffee without, they're going to find that coffee without milk is even more beneficial than they had thought. So that I think that'll come up in the research and be demonstrated. Yes, it's coming. It's coming. It's slowly but surely it's coming because everybody is switching also from um, peanut butter to almond butter, which is raw, and that is really helpful for your body. And people are not um, knowing what to do. So that in itself is showing me that some of the things that he's taught like the wet battery, um, the different elements, like he has like this Egyptian rub and all these different, you know, cures that he used for different people for different things, they apply today. But they didn't have the, you know, they didn't have, they didn't have what we had back then. Do you know what I'm saying? They didn't have, like, the names. They, They weren't named. He just knew what he was doing. And if you look at the cures, there's also several books that help you with that, uh, get that straightened, so which I really love. So, you know, you can go back and get, um, and he had stuff built a certain way, uh, like the wet battery for different yeah. uh, treatments. He had different formulas, and you would actually make your own formula and go to the, uh, I'm trying to think, where would they, where did they go? You they would go, go to, to a, a different, go ahead. Like a compounding 
pharmacy. Okay. There's a there's a book. Uh, Casey referred people to a physician named Harold Riley, and uh, Harold Riley worked a lot with the Casey readings. And there's a book out by him called the Edgar Casey Handbook for Drugless Therapy. So that's a book we carry in the bookstore. It's available um, online through our our website is uh, logocenter.org. Mm-hmm. If you go to logocenter.org, you can order the Edgar Casey uh, Handbook on Drugless Therapy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those recipes, those oil rubs, for example, a, a fabulous healer for arthritis is um, peanut oil. Rub the joints with peanut oil. And then there's given a diet, a half a dozen foods to avoid. For example, people who have arthritis should avoid strawberries. And there are other lists of foods. So there's a uh, arthritic diet and also the peanut oil rubs. And, you know, I wondered about these oil rubs he recommends until a few years ago I heard the word transdermal. And transdermal means that you can put something on the skin and it will carry it on through to uh, the deeper tissues. So when you put the oil on, it's not just that it's for the skin, but it'll it'll go into those joints. And, and um, any time I get a little aching joint on my fingers, immediately I get out some peanut oil and rub it, and it's amazing how quickly. Or if you sprain a shoulder, uh, you can uh, rub it with uh, peanut oil and... Uh, uh, several nights in a row, and you'll just be amazed at how effective and healing it is. Mm-hmm. The the Edgar Casey Handbook on Drugless Therapy by Harold Riley is an excellent resource for a number of these uh, treatment procedures that were so effective. And then there is a man now um, uh, making the there are two devices he invented. One's called the uh, radiac or the radioactive appliance, and one is called the wet cell. And those cost a couple of $300, but there are about 50 uh, conditions that he recommended the these devices for, uh, especially neural conditions and for the heart, balancing the heart, healing the heart rate, and... and um, um, these devices are, will be explained in some of the literature that you can get. Mm-hmm. Phil Thomas, I, if you can remember this word, Phil Thomas, and Google it, mm-hmm. he is very strict on making these uh, recipes and, and appliances according to the way uh, Casey prescribed them. So if you Google Phil Thomas, he's in Florida, then you can get information about some of these um some of these recipes or products or healing ointments and so on, and also the devices. Right. Um, I like, because you guys have some of the treatments, and you have colloidal silver there, which is wonderful for colds or infections, and you have the castrol flannel. You have castrol, and then you have a flannel to actually do the castrol pack, which has been known to do phenomenal to remove different... um, Yes lumps and bumps and also just not to remove you clean out your colon but actually to remove different ailments from your body um you know which is really interesting considering that you go and you pay all this money for Miralax and all these other ailments you know ointments and 
all these different things, and it's right there, like colloidal silver, Russian white, um, yes. Russian, Russian yeah, white oil. Russian white oil. Russian white oil. So, I mean, these things, and you guys have them there, so I want them to be aware of that. You do actually have them there. That's the first time I was introduced to colloidal silver. Um, I just would use for Greek. I like for Greek, too, but my son likes um, the colloidal silver better, and he likes Uh the one that you guys have. So when you run out, it's kind of not so good. (laughs) And you guys are the only one. One that are carrying the thymoglycemi, thymogly. It's good for your throat. Glyco- it's good yeah, for your glycothymoline. Yes, glycothymoline right. is uh, is sold as a mouthwash, but it's um, he especially recommended it for um, alkalizing the body. And you know, you take just a few drops, take six mm-hmm. drops in a glass of water. What he said was the the body needs to be slightly alkaline, mm-hmm. and you need to eat alkaline forming foods. So he says about eighty percent alkaline forming and twenty percent acid forming. But even that depends on your activity. If you really have a physically active job and you can eat more uh, acid forming, but if you more of a sedentary job, then you need more of the alkaline forming. And you can go to the drugstore and get uh, litmus paper or something that does the same job. Uh, you know, we use that in high school chemistry to test acidity and alkalinity. But check the litmus paper and you can check either the urine or the saliva. And if you're getting a little acid, you can take um, half a teaspoon of bicarbonate of soda or uh, a few drops of glycothymoline. Um, and what Casey said is a cold cannot live in an alkaline environment. So mostly when people get the common cold, it's because their bodies have gotten too acid and, and then they're vulnerable. It's not as though this germ slipped up on them and sneaked in on the night. We carry them around with us all the time. We carry these germs with us, but if we get too acid, then they start multiplying. So keeping the body slightly alkaline is um, strongly uh, recommended by the case of material. He also is big on something that people tend to laugh at, and that's um, enemas or colonics. Mm-hmm. He says keep the um, keep the assimilation, uh, pardon me, keep the eliminations normal, and you'll never grow old. So most of the people don't uh, clear the colon every night, and they think if they go uh, once or twice a week, that's normal. But we should have uh, movements at least once a day and probably a couple of times. And um, and so by uh, occasional enema or a professionally administered colonic, he says everyone needs an inner bath once in a while. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, what happens is if you don't eliminate that in the evening, then those toxins remain in the colon and they're reabsorbed. And he says this is one of the main reasons for prostate ca- uh, cancer is because it's so close, close to that area of the colon and people are not um, regularly and they're eliminating and their pressures mm-hmm. and toxins both there and it um, destroys the health of the prostate. So 
men would, if they took their almonds, had regular eliminations, um, they would um, very likely not have any trouble with the prostate at all. Okay, see, that's cool. They didn't know all that, I bet you. Because <laughs> so, I, I like... Um I like all the products. I like all the things. I have that book uh, by Dr. Harold Riley. I actually have yes. that yeah. um, myself. But it's a good book, and it's worth um, it's worth uh, really studying. But, you know, what Casey says about healing, mm-hmm. he says um, the body knows how to heal itself. It It just needs the incentive to heal. And so sometimes a massage might be the incentive. Sometimes um, a dietary correction might be the incentive. But there are different modalities. The reason there are so such an array of modalities is not that they are specific to an illness, but they give the body a jump start in allowing it to heal itself. So if you cut your finger, uh, nobody says that the doctor can heal that. He says protect it and let it heal itself. Well, the whole body knows how to do that. But if we're filled with toxins or um, have a chronic um, intake of things that are toxic, it's difficult. But if we start drinking our six to eight glasses of water a day, walking a mile a day preferably, uh, getting our our seven or eight hours of sleep, and uh, meditating, just uh, half a dozen basic things, we can stay in amazing health. That's true. That simple little things, and that's all we have to do. And just listen, but the meditation is really, really important. And the fact that you actually talk about it and teach it. Um, You even teach, which I know, the young ones. Um, You have fabulous. Your daughter teaches the classes with the young people there um, and showing them because they grow up with gifts, which I love, and having them, you know, they might talk to their angels and their guides and just experience things as a young person from maybe five on up, which is awesome too, you know, that you offer at the church. I do have a question. What made you and Miss Ann come up with the crystal room with the pyramid? How did that come about? Well, um, the um there's several things um this room we call it the threshold it's a 10 by 10 foot square a dedicated meditation room and behind the wall board there's um or the drywall on the floor the ceiling the walls all behind it all is copper screening and that copper screening is uh, soldered together and grounded over the 6 foot copper pipe that goes into the ground. Now, we call that a Faraday cage. Back in the um, uh, late 50s, early 60s, there was a research program up in um, New England called the Round Table. And Peter Herkos was an amazing psychic. He was a Dutch painter who fell off a house and woke up psychic. And and he could do amazing things like uh, he could call 25 cards out of 25, just not missing. But in researching with him, putting him in a Faraday cage, 
which shielded him from ex- external uh, electromagnetic waves. It enhanced his ESP hitting and made him even better. So there's a search about the way in which um, a Faraday cage could enhance hitting. And then about the time this book came out, called Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain, there was a lot of research going on on what was called pyramid power. And they were discovering that different shapes, like an egg shape or a pyramid shape or other shapes, other uh, uh, three-dimensional spaces had certain effects. And the pyramid was demonstrated to have a powerful effect. You know, people even had little pyramids that, would sharpen their razor blades overnight, that kind of thing. It was just Mm -hmm. uh, there's a kind of energy that gathers right in that center of that field. So we we have that um, 10 by 10 uh, copper pyramid that's uh, of the dimensions of the Great Pyramid of Egypt. And then um, we have what we call a amethyst grid, a doctor friend of ours who... um, wrote a book on vibrational medicine, said if you'll put a um, an amethyst at the base of each of the four corners of the pyramid and one at the apex, that it will enhance the field even more. So we have these uh, several things. And there's another amazing development uh, research at the Monroe Institute in Charlottesville, Virginia, Monroe um, could get out of his body at will. He was an engineer, and he developed a program. And one of our uh, ministers has uh, attended a dozen workshops there, and he's presently a certified instructor. But Monroe developed these um, CDs um, called HennaSync, which mm-hmm. give you uh, slightly altered wave sound in each ear. And that's been just demonstrated to enhance uh, consciousness. So in our threshold room, we have the Faraday cage, we have the pyramid, we have the amethyst grid, and you can listen to the uh, Monroe Hemisync tapes. So we just have a, a real powerful uh, healing and meditation attunement room, and everybody that goes in it just says they can feel the energy. So that, uh, it has a long history from a number of um, of sources of information that we've been interested in over the years. I like that. That's my favorite room. Then I think my daughter's was the magnetic bed. <laughs> yeah. That was her well, we, room. We have one at the center and we have one at our home. We uh, we really believe that, um, that the... Uh, resting on a magnetic field can have a healing effect. And Casey Casey said all healing is, um, this is strange because it was asked, what are the laws of spiritual healing? Or when they said, what are the laws of spiritual healing? He said, all healing is balancing the rotary forces of the atoms. So the, uh, the imbalances that occur in us go right down to the atomic level. And you get healthy atoms, you have healthy molecules, healthy cells, healthy tissues, healthy organs. So this, um, And so I tell people, think 
think physics, not biology. If you think biology, you can't imagine how a healer can touch you and have a tumor the size of a golf ball just disappear right under her hands. But that happens. And you can understand that if you think physics and energy fields instead of biology and tissues. So it's balancing those physical energy fields that, that really constitutes the physical healing. And that's one of the reasons we're interested in the magnets and uh, magnetic therapy. It's really awesome to have all of that. And they just don't know just that beautiful knowledge uh, to come and hear in the meditation and to meet the beautiful people there. Um, I was telling my friend about Gertrude. She's, um, I think I said she was 92. Yeah. She still drives and she still has all her faculties and eats a certain diet and she gets up and go and you can't tell, you know. Yeah, she's a sweet lady. Mm Mm-hmm. So these are are the kind of people that are there. They're warm and welcoming and very understanding and very helpful. Like I said, they make me and my family feel very welcome. Like uh, we had, you know, just developed another family, so I was grateful for that. And then um, just so many, you know, so many things that they don't know. um, That is an excellent uh, resource of, to have And that you guys are actually You did a travel That's what I wanted to talk to you about You guys did a travel Y'all went to Greece and Italy And yeah, all these other yeah. places How was that? Oh, it's How was that? Well years ago uh, Anne, I'm, You know I mentioned she's uh, An amazing psychic herself And we had started the Logo Center And she got some guidance uh, That we were to take a uh, Spill a spiritual pilgrimage once a year, seven spiritual mm-hmm. pilgrimages. And so we started that, and in the meantime, we uh, added a couple, like uh, we took some tours to Hawaii. And and so um, we were going to spend two weeks in uh, each place. So the first year, we spent two weeks in uh, Israel, then Egypt, then um, Mexico, and uh, the Yucatan Peninsula. The fourth one was in um, China and Tibet. The fifth one in Peru. The sixth in Greece and Turkey. And the seventh, we went back to Egypt and Israel. And mm-hmm. since then, we made uh, two other trips to Greece and Turkey and uh, one to Italy. So it was just uh, late May, early June this year that we took a group to Italy. We had a wonderful time. We went to Venice and Florence and uh, Assisi, where St. Francis of Assisi was. And and then in Rome, we went to the um, Sistine Chapel and the Vatican and St. Peter's, which is an unbelievably huge, huge um, <laughs> cathedral. And we went to two uh, masses conducted by the Pope. And so what we enjoyed doing, you know, I mentioned I work a lot with dreams. Mm-hmm. So on our tours, we meditate together. Uh, like at breakfast, we uh, talk about dreams, and we work with reincarnation. A lot of times on a tour out of a country like this, like we when we were in Troy in uh, the old area of the Trojan War in Turkey, 
lot of people had past life memories of that. So we worked with past life memories associated with those countries. And then uh, the um, artists and the spiritual leaders of the time, like St. Francis of Assisi. So the traveling with a group of like-minded people and having a, a content, you know, that's spiritually and mystically oriented, just a really wonderful uh, way to travel with uh, close friends like that. So we don't have one scheduled right now, but um, probably in a year or two we will do another Logos tour abroad. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stuff people don't, like I said, you did the death um, conference and you spoke at and you're just a very active out there letting people know what they can do and sharing your guidance without any worry, you know, like you don't mind, you know, helping and touching everyone and making them feel, you know, no question is a silly question no matter whether it's from a young one to an older adult coming in, which I really appreciate. That's really cool. Really Absolutely. Really cool. Yeah, we we just really enjoy talking with people about these ideas and um, trying to share and explore and uh, shared understanding. And we do respect um, other people's uh, beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. We do believe that some traditions are held only because they're traditional and not because they are have any basis either in fact or scripture. And some of the main tenets of uh, present-day Christian theology uh, admittedly are not biblical. They're not derived from the Bible, but are traditional. And so you can say, okay, if um, if you want to go with the tradition, that's it, but this is what the facts are that are unfolding. Traditionally, um, Christians are very opposed to reincarnation. Factually, not only is there objective research supporting it, but there are thousands of people that are having dreams or remembrances. I've had um, some just really fabulous technicolor detailed dreams of past lives. And and I know that they, you know, they make sense. And um, to some extent, I've been able to substantiate the, the factuality of these. So we're interested in human experience and factual research instead of trying to honor a tradition. For example, um, you think about how science has progressed in the past, say, 700 years, and how many changes, how many times they've said we were wrong and we had to have to correct that. And yet the religion, religious teachings haven't because of an honoring of a tradition that has been on the wrong side of history too many times. The church is on the wrong side of history about whether the earth is flat or not. The church is on the wrong side of history so frequently. And they delay coming around when uh, I would like to see them more interested in in seeing the faith unfold and grow. Uh, You know, Jesus said, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot receive them now. And so Christians need to say, okay, I'm ready to receive something more, Jesus, that you'd like to tell me. Okay. Wow. Okay. I like that. I definitely like that. 
So yeah. I want to get into your, what is it? We always talk about the primer talk. Your studies when you're studying with the group every uh, Sunday morning. Uh-huh. And we talk about that, and they read a passage of, you know, from the book of understanding, and you break it down for each and every person for them to be able to understand. Well, I really believe that um, that small groups uh, is really the way to change the world because the it's really the changed individual. It's uh, we can talk about change in society, but it's the change. The individual is the unit, the unit of the God beingness, uh, the soul. Uh, is what needs to grow and change and be transformed. And what we've discovered is that small group work is the most effective way of doing this. So you can think about one-on-one counseling, or you can think about a classroom with 30 or 40 people, or you can think about a small group with uh, six or ten people that... um, grow together and are sharing. And, and what the research is showing is that the the small group is the most effective way to work. And here's the here's the fascinating thing about it. Content is easy to learn. The, the problem with learning is emotional resistance. And when you get a small group talking together and sharing their experiences, these resistances break down and they're more willing to to accept content. You can read a book, but what we do is we read a paragraph or so and then discuss it. And so it gets it's, it gets the uh, the whole group to see other people's perspective and open up a consciousness. Now, if you have a group and they just talk, it doesn't go anywhere. If you have a group and you just study a lesson or someone presents a lecture, it doesn't go anywhere. But if you have a group that has some content, like reading a book, but also open discussion about it, then research shows that this is an optimum way for uh, for transformation. So we, I lead two groups at the Logos Center. Um, Tuesday nights, typically, we study uh, Casey material uh, that's called The Search for God. There are mm-hmm. two books that have 12 chapters each and we cover a chapter or a lesson a week. And so in uh, 24 weeks, we can cover those whole things. And I, I have been going through this book again and again and again since my, my first group was 1956. Every time I read this, it's exciting and new to me. And Casey said these books, these Search for God books, would become textbooks for coming generations. So they really challenging books, and especially if you have a group that works together with reading the content, trying to understand it, sharing personal experiences. It's a great way to grow. And then in the other uh, group, the Sunday morning group, we um, we do the same format, but we we select a book that people want to study and, and work with together. Uh, Right now, we're working on a book that I wrote called uh, Sex and the Spiritual Path. And mm. in, it, in it are uh, numerous quotes. Of course, people ask Casey about sex, and they ask about every imaginable aspect of sex. So I've written this 
I've written this book to kind of put Casey quotes in a context that's readable, and um, it includes um, six or eight verbatim readings that he gave when people asked these questions. So we do the same format. We read a little and talk about it and, and uh, use the content as a springboard for further exploration. But I'm really a great enthusiast for small group work, and that's one of the things that we feature at the Logos Center. Right. That's very good. Yes. See, and that's what I like about that, too. Like, I feel like I don't have, I don't have any complaints. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. good. And I definitely like, you know, because I was looking for myself, you know, on Edgar's Casey's view on um, homosexuality. Yes. And... Uh, you know, I know Miss Ann talked about it when she was preaching that, you know, some people go against it and she supports, you know, supports that and friendly and open and still loving no matter what, which is nice. But I was looking to see if that was even um, thought about in the 1930s. But looking, doing my research, um, my friend said it was out a long time, even before the 1930s. It was just yeah. done um under undercoverly what you did right. know um you know she said well, there, there, there were those um uh, homosexual that came to Casey for readings and um and he you know he basically told them um don't let this interfere with your sense of being a good christian and doing your good christian work you know he he said go go on with your life he was not condemning of those and you know the um if you start looking at the bible or this uh list of um uh, recommendations like um uh, the sermon on the mount which is agreed to be the greatest sermon ever preached and uh, almost no one believes it but it says um love your enemies and uh, and some Christians take pride in being angry at Muslims. And it says um, it's not just committing adultery, it's thinking about it. And so some good Christians go on these pornographic sites and they don't think anything's wrong with it. But the the Sermon on the Mount says don't judge. Don't be, you know, judge not that you be not judged. So you're in trouble if you start condemning people for their sexual orientation or any any other thing. And to be to be fully accepting and loving, you know there are conditions um, where we have to constrain people, like um, uh, child molesters who kill children or something. Like the society has to be protected from those, but. These these are people to be pitied. Uh, they must be dealing with uh, impulses that are just unthinkable, that are so horrid. Uh, there was a great psychiatrist named Minager. He wrote a book. Uh, you have heard of the Minager Foundation, the great psychiatric centers. Carl Minager wrote a book entitled The Crime of Punishment. And what we know as psychologists is punishment doesn't change people's behavior, if you punish a child for saying dirty words in front of you, you don't train them not to say them, you just train them not to let you hear it. So mm-hmm. the the punishment doesn't work, and, and um, 
and yet people have a consciousness, they they don't understand the difference between restraint for the protection of society and punishment because someone's done something wrong. So uh, there's a lot of brotherly love um, that the Christian church needs to uh, embrace more. And, you know, there is a new awareness of how important forgiveness is. Uh, there's a new consciousness about that. Mothers going to into prisons and forgiving men who murdered their sons or something. This, mm-hmm. um, those, uh, there's a growing consciousness, but the, the Lord's Prayer that everyone should be saying every day says, forgive us to the extent that we, in turn, forgive others. If we don't forgive, we're not forgiven. So there's right. there's so much in Christianity that is so much more important than um, than sexual orientation. We we need to let people be what they are, and get back to uh, what are much more important spiritual basics, such as loving your enemy and loving your neighbor, and those those things that reflect a genuine concern for those of us who are less fortunate. Okay. That sounds good. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, I know. Have you met um, Reverend Olstein, Joel Olstein, by any chance? No, I haven't. Um, we, um, he was here in the Phoenix area a couple of times, and we went to hear him. I listen to him every Sunday morning uh, before I... I can listen to him at uh, at 7 o'clock, and then I get over to my study group by 8 o'clock for the 8.30 group. But right. I listen to him every Sunday morning. Now, he... Uh, I don't especially agree with uh, some of his theology, but his uh, way of addressing the human condition is very helpful and very sound and uplifting. So we encourage people to listen to him and um and um, I don't um uh, I I think he has kind of a different calling. His calling is to the masses. And my calling is more you know, I think of it maybe like graduate level uh, graduate level Christianity or something. And he's mm-hmm. addressing more more the uh, more of the everyday Christian. But um, I like I like his spirit. And um, actually, he's the only television preacher that I listen to. <laughs> That's saying something. Because <laughs> we grew up with um, you know a lot of preachers, but I grew up with them. They had their own channel and everything, so. Yeah, um, I really like. Wow, uh, you know. Up. Speaking what of television he? preachers, I have a I have a certain respect for Bishop Jakes. He's he's bright and he's sincere and um, and he's right on a lot of times. So there's there's some good people out there, but yeah. it's the hellfire and damnation ones that uh, I think are still misleading people. <laughs> Have to make money somehow. Got to get a brand so. new car and brand new house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I shouldn't say that, but I just, you know, feel bad. 
heart is open and you give and uh, you also have funds for, you know, the community. So you're just not a minister, but you're actually out there helping the community with different causes. Um, The Star Foundation, not the Star Foundation, the Star um, Center. Yeah, Starfish. Um, Starfish. So there's different things that you're doing. You're going and you're helping your neighbors, your community, and then you also do um, a psychic fair so people can come and see all the people that are in the church um, do yeah, with and all you know, their Steph, talents. We've, uh, we've added a new thing. Once a month, um, we set up about four tables in the chapel, and some of our own uh, psychics um, are available after church. They're available, and you can go in and get them any reading uh, and pay for Ten or fifteen, twenty dollars, and we have some really good people there. So we are offering those uh, at the center for people who uh, are both psychics and members uh, of our church, and and our attendees are really enjoying having the opportunity for this kind of experience. And you know, uh, every Sunday, uh, let's say two or three times a month. After the morning service, which is at 10, we have a break and have a snack. And then at 11.30 or so, we have a guest uh, speaker or a guest uh, presentation. And some of those are just really outstanding. Sunday, we showed a movie called The The Matrix. um, And it was just outstanding. I was just captivated by it and... um, and I'm, I want to see it again. So we have some really fine educational uh, opportunities, and we bring in uh, psychics or healers or authors uh, for those mm-hmm. programs after the Sunday service. So we have a we have a strong educational program going there. Yeah. Yep. And you're like I said, you're the only church that I know of that actually works with the children. You know, at their level, at their and help them, and also the teenagers because teenagers need this and their guidance with their conscience to be aware of their gifts and help them with their gifts as well. Um, so they learn in a orderly and friendly fashion to open their eyes, but also to be accepting and loving um, and make connections. And like I said, there's not a lot of churches that do that. Um, when you got good, you got good, and when you don't, you don't. Yeah. If you have them. You know, well, you know, over the years, um, uh, I've seen so many kids come with psychic abilities and their parents are afraid of them or their peers start giving them a hard time. By the time a kid's 13 or 14, if he has some psychic ability, mm-hmm. his parents and his peers just about beat it out of them. It's, it's really difficult in our society for a kid to... Um, discover that they can see auras or they have these intuitions or maybe they see and talk with angels. And uh, and so we really encourage uh, a sound development of that and uh, and uh, we would have a lot more wonderful psychics if, if they weren't beaten down before they get to maturity. You know, uh, coming out of the nest too soon and not being able to really demonstrate how they can fly. Mm. But we do encourage um, working with the children with those special abilities. I love that. 
uh, you know, and they're and they're able to function and go on a lot brighter and use a lot of those gifts when they're surrounded by that. They'll thrive a lot yeah. better, and their uh, their gifts become even more enhanced because you're giving them guidance and helping them and introducing them to the right people. Because you also have different people um, back there showing them their different gifts and helping them develop, exactly. which is nice. And you have, exactly. you know, you let you know when you have different services. And they also can come in, and you, you have music. So it's it's really different. And if it gets too crowded in there, I like to let people know. You can still watch. Um, if it gets too chick crowded in the, the chapel or the churches, you can actually watch on TV, which is really nice. And then um, another thing, you have the Millennium. And I was so impressed that you and Miss Ann did the Millennium uh, DVD. Yes. Well, what I discovered, you know, I I actually conducted over 25 years, I conducted more than 7,000 readings that Ann gave, and she gave readings very much like Edgar Cayce. She was just so good. But what I discovered was uh, nearly every person asked uh, three or four or five of their questions were the same as others were asking. Mm-hmm. And so I developed a list of uh, 24 major topics, like people ask about angels. They ask about soulmates. They ask about general health questions. And um, and so I made this list of 24 major topics, and then we gave a reading there um, about an hour and a half because she gives the full reading, 40, 40 so minutes, and then... I would ask questions that came out of it. Mm-hmm. So these um, these 24 readings will just cover nearly all the ground of a general nature that you might ask if you had a personal reading. So we have this, uh, we call it the Millennium uh, Readings, mm-hmm. and there are 24 of them, and they're in CDs, and you can, you can buy the package. Again, if you... Go online to uh, logocenter.org, L-O-G-O-S-C-E-N-T-E-R.org. Um, our webpage will show you how can, you can get those Millennium Tapes. And they're truly outstanding psychic readings um, that uh, will give you a profound and exciting perspective on this array of topics that all of us in the metaphysical field are interested in. And uh, I think it's some of the best work that we've done. I think so, too. And they can go to logocenter.org and get them in your store at Logos, yes. which yes. I really like, and you offer them. Um, you you can, offer. If you can come to the center and pick them up, then uh, order them, and you can order them online, and they'll be sent right out. Yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you offer a lot of good stuff. I just, uh, I just, I really enjoyed um, conducting that series of readings because Anne is so good, and then the, her source so responsive to questions. And because I had been in the field so long uh, and read so many Casey readings, I had a feel for what kind of questions people might ask if they heard a certain kind of answer. So, uh, like on the angel readings or the world affairs readings, uh, I would ask uh, questions.
questions that came naturally from the information that she had given in the introductory part. So it's um, it's it's really um, a um, a nice study of some of these major topics that, of human concern. Questions okay. that are reading on dreams, or reading on meditation, you know, karma and grace, all of those super good questions. Yes, that's good. I really like that. And you have CD for the services after church, which I really like too. Which, you know, yeah, and um, for the week following, like if I give a talk this Sunday for the following week, uh, you go online and you can listen to the talk for free. So anyone that can't get out for the Sunday service, if they're interested, uh, they can um, get that on their computer. So that, I think that's a, a fine service for people who can't attend every Sunday. Sometimes uh, we have some of our people that want to be there, but they have to work on Sundays. And this uh, service that can keep them in touch uh, with our work. And that's a that's a nice uh, nice offering for our members. The we ask our members we ask them to do only one thing, and uh, that is to accept as their ideal uh, the great commandment. Just to say, I love God with all my heart, mind, and soul, and my neighbor as myself. And if you say that, I would like to set that as my ideal. Then that's all we ask of you to become a Lovis member. And this comes from one of the Casey World Affairs readings, and he said, you may say this is impractical, but this is the whole answer to the world. And, you know, Jesus said this is the whole law. So when Jesus says it's the whole law, and then Casey picks up on it and says this is the whole answer to the world, we need to take that seriously. So once we say I love God with all my heart, mind, and soul, and my neighbor as myself, then we have a working foundation upon which to resolve all the rest of our differences. And um, so that's that's what we feature as uh, uh, our membership um, invitation to accept this as an ideal. just so giddy <laughs> giddy because um, you're such a wealth of knowledge do you know how many Edgar Casey readings there was I think there were like a millions and millions of readings yeah there were there were 14,000 and a few hundred like about 14,400 and some of those there four or five categories. Some were physical readings, simply in which he diagnoses and prescribes a treatment for a physical illness. And that covered such a wide range of uh, of things. Like there's a whole lot of information about diabetes. There's information about epilepsy. There's information about the common cold. So um, those physical readings. Then there's the life reading, and by life reading, that's the the reincarnation story, past lives, and things that where you lost, where the soul lost or gained, and what lessons the soul has to learn from that. 
And then there were what were called mental spiritual readings, which were essentially kind of a counseling of the person toward their mental spiritual growth. And then there were a few uh, special sets of readings. There, there was a set of readings on ancient Atlantis, a set of readings on uh, on uh, the early Christian church. Um, a number of people in their past life readings were told they had been around during the times of Jesus. And there were readings on early Egypt and... Uh, mm. And there's a series of readings about Jesus, uh, who became the Christ. So there's some special series like that. So um, all of these readings uh, are available on, imagine this, a single CD. And if you wow. go to Virginia Beach, if you go to Virginia Beach, you see 400 loose-leaf binders, about four inch on the spine of the binder. Mm-hmm. that have these readings and then 250,000 index cards. But all of that is presently on a single DVD. And uh, I, I use this. I just treasure it. I, I go in on it nearly every day to check something out or to, you know, we had a friend in Wisconsin. She said, oh, I've been taking kelp. It's really helped me. And so I said, okay. And I went and I tapped in the word kelp and, about six or eighty references to kelp came up in Casey, and he he recommended especially kelp salt. He he highly recommended kelp salt. So that's the that's the way. Uh, you, you know, it's almost like Google. You can have a question, you can Google it, or you have a question. I go to the Casey readings, especially <laughs> about health questions, and uh, and uh, it's. Uh, I think one of the greatest gifts uh, of humankind is to have access to that complete set of readings. And it's, I was really quite surprised uh, when it came out because um, the early leadership said, we will never let there be a full set of readings anywhere else but in Virginia Beach. Mm. So um, it's um, it's just an amazing resource for any any researcher, whether you're interested in metaphysics or spiritual development or psychic development or understanding reincarnation karma. And uh, with um, that background of those um, really 25 years of studying that material, when I started then conducting Anne's readings, I, I had all of these, you know, questions that I wish they'd asked Casey that I was able then to ask her. So uh, that's another reason why the Millennium Tapes, I think, are so rich. There's the ground they cover that that they didn't ask Casey about. So the um, Casey material, you know, there are literally hundreds hundreds of books that that have uh, information about Casey, there's one that I have that I review frequently. It's called The Normal Diet. Mm-hmm. I mentioned the Handbook for Health Through Drugless Therapy. There's a book on universal laws. There's mm-hmm. a book on people who were told that they wouldn't have to reincarnate again. I wrote a book mm-hmm. um, 
called Meditation in the Mind of Man. There's several books on meditation and dreams. Um, then, like a book like Lives of the Master, uh, the incarnations of Jesus. You know, he was he was Adam, he was Enoch, he was Melchizedek, he was Joseph, he was Joshua, and uh, those those readings are just truly fascinating. And several books, of course, on reincarnation and uh, just a rich, rich thing. And people from different fields, uh, health specialists, MDs, uh, theologians, all have come to, to Virginia Beach and written books about the Casey readings from that perspective. So there's um, there's just amazing access to exciting new information through this source. We're down to five minutes. Wow, the time went by so fast. Oh, who'd have thunk it? Well, um, it's been a joy to be with you, and uh, I think you're going to be talking with my wife uh, one of these days soon. Uh, yes, and when? Yes. And Perea. We're going to have her. Yep. Amazing psychic and a charismatic teacher and, and speaker and... Um, she has written a book entitled Stephen Lives. Mm-hmm. Her 15-year-old um, committed suicide, and of course, it just it just um, was so difficult. And yet, she had already been studying some of these metaphysical things, and kind of went on a quest to see if she could communicate with him. And um, sure enough, she found some psychics that are, enabled her to do that, and then. She developed an ability to talk directly with them herself, and so she she has ongoing still getting guidance. And uh, of course, we recommend um, getting a sense of going to God or to Jesus. But we also talk with friends or family and spirit plane, just as mm-hmm. she, she would um, in normal conversation. She talks with Stephen, and he tells her about. Sometimes he gives her uh, suggestions and guidance, and it's um, it's just a really great book. Mm-hmm. She was in uh, Chicago this past weekend, and people were very, you know, she gave a talk to um international conference on near-death studies, and there's great interest in her books and, and a great response to her speaking. So you'll have a, a really interesting and capable guest coming up. Well, I'll let you go, Cecily, and uh, I appreciate being your guest and let you wind up your program, but um appreciate your interest in the Logos work, and uh, we look forward oh, to seeing you soon and chatting with you again. You will. You will. I'll keep you on the dock because I know Miss Ann said you're going to have a very busy year, so I'll be making it back there. Matter of fact, I'll be back there November 2nd. So I'll stop in, you know, uh, to yeah. at least get to go to service and say everything before I head back. That would be nice. That'd be nice. So, All right. But I always like, you know, the work that you do. And ladies and gentlemen, like I said, oh, we're getting, time is getting fast. It's winding down. <laughs> we're down to two minutes. I want to say to Dr. Herb Perrier at the Logos Center Church 
at 64th and Astor in Scottsdale, Arizona. He's been with us talking about his book, the things that goes on in the church, the healing and everything, and he's a magnificent man to learn from and that he's there um, some of the time, not some of the time, he speaks every other Sunday, and then he's there on Tuesday doing Search with God for the Edgar Casey setting. So I want to thank him so much for being on my show. I really, really, really thank you for taking this time out and squeezing me in <laughs> in your time to be on my radio show and that we definitely okay. will see you again. Good. Thank and you, Cecily. You're welcome. And give Miss Ann a kiss from me and the kids, and we love you. Thank okay. you. We love you and take care of your kids, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Okay. Bye-bye. Good evening, this is Lady A on the pirate radio station called Six After Dark. I've just received the latest eclectic promo. This is called 911 featuring Mary J. Blige. Do I make you horny? Yo, what up, this white class with Mary J. Welcome to Food Alchemy at its Greatest with Chef Sussy and her lovely guests that you have tuned into a station that is going to enlighten you, brighten you, fill you, show you, guide you, help you, and stimulate you in all those levels from physical, mental, and spiritual. This is why it's called Food Alchemy at its greatest with Chef Sussie the Food Alchemist. We want you to have a wonderful time. Take off your shoes, take off your clothes, relax, enjoy, and expand your mind because you are listening to Food Alchemy with Chef Sussie the Food Alchemist. It's been a blessing and enjoy. Girls with my acoustic guitars, you know what I'm saying? Yo, fellas having problems with the chicks. I want you right now to turn the light down low. Pull your girl up next to you. I want you to stay. Welcome to Food Alchemy at its greatest. Sponsored by It's Vegan and It Tastes Good by Chef Sessie Food Alchemist. You want to obtain her service? You can reach her at the website w w t h e s o o d a l c h e m i s t dot u s the other website is w w veggies become you which is w w v e g g i e s b e c o m e u dot com you can obtain her services for consultation for food transition, detoxing programs, menu planning, pantry raids, seminars, and workshops. And if you also would like to get the book, It's Vegan and It Tastes Good by Chef Ceci Food Alchemist, you can go to the website, thefoodalchemist.us, veggiesbecomeyou.com, or call where we can reach you. 480-232-5555 480-232-9930 That number again is 480-232-9930 If nothing else, stop by the Food Alchemist or Veggies Become You page to sign up for a free newsletter that's offered once a month with delightful, informative information along with recipes. 
We hope that you enjoyed this show and that we will hear from you soon. Namaste. Blessings. Hotep. Ashe. And Myrrh. Love. Peace and happiness.